This is Dalio's Principles, a philosophical examination. The unofficial podcast companion for Ray Dalio's book, Principles. This podcast will deeply explore the book and principles. The podcast is hosted by Micah Bays and John Sextro. Micah has a PhD in philosophy and has taught numerous college philosophy courses, including The Meaning of Life, Ethics, and Reason and Argument. John shares his perspective from years of experience trying to live out Ray's principles in his life and work. And you can follow us on Twitter. Micah is at Micah Bays, all one word. And I am at John Sextro, all one word. And now, this week's episode. I'm Micah Bays. And I'm John Sextro. We're back here with Dalio's Principles, a philosophical examination. Just as our intro said, we're talking about the principles. And in our last episode, we started off with um, high-level principle number one. We went through 1.1 and 1.2 of the mid-level principles. Today, uh, again, we're referencing the book, Principles, from Simon & Schuster. So if you're reading along, check out those 1.1, 1.2, 1.1, 1.2, and 1.3 now that we're going to be talking about in our episode today. Principle 1.3 is to be radically open-minded and radically transparent. Micah, I think we should dissect this in essentially two pieces, starting off with the open-minded part and then uh, fill it in with the transparent part. What do you have to say, Micah, about being radically open-minded? So yeah, radically open-minded. Um, certainly, part of this is you know a willingness on your own part to hear from others what they think your flaws are, and it, you know it's not just flaws, right? Um, it's open-mindedness to what they think your positives are, what things you do well, and um, you know I think one way to think about uh, the opposite of being radically open-minded would be to be defensive. Um, and I think that's probably a natural posture for a lot of us, right? In part, probably because of, you know, the motivations that people frequently have when they tell you your flaws, right? You think about, you know, maybe you've gotten into a heated argument with someone else and, right, you maybe say something about what they've done wrong and then they shoot back with, Yo, well, you're just a, you know, and they come back out with, come back at you with some flaws. And so, of course, that puts you on a defensive. And I, so I wonder if maybe part of our hesitancy in having people talk about our flaws is just because of the context in which we frequently have our flaws mentioned to us, right? Is that it's not in a friendly environment. It's not in a situation where someone's wanting the best for you, where they're really trying to improve you, but they're just instead just trying to cut you down and say, hey, look, look how bad you are. You know, you're not good at this, or you do this poorly, or um, just those kind of situations. And so we have just kind of gotten used to that. Um, you think the context has a lot to do with it. So maybe the fact that when you need to be open-minded, the moment in which maybe you need to be open-minded is also possibly a moment when things are already hard for you. Is that sort of what you're saying? Because you're in a, maybe you're in a difficult situation or you're, um, you're, you're having trouble. Maybe that's going too far to say that you're having trouble, but just that things aren't going as the best that they maybe could be. And so when somebody gives you 
says something to you and, and, uh, and you're not really prepared for it. You're already in, in trouble, quote unquote, you're already sort of having a tough situation that it's hard. Um, so that wasn't the way I was thinking about it, but I I do think that's an aspect of it that makes being open-minded hard. Um, yeah, if you're encountering a tough situation, right? Think about you know, you've messed up at work and things aren't going right. And so then um, not only are you trying to fix the thing that went wrong, but if you're working with others and if you're the one to blame, people then are going to start talking about, oh, yeah, it was your fault and here's why it's your fault and you did this wrong and you're not good at this. So. Yeah, I do think that's one reason why we don't want to be open-minded or it makes it more difficult to be open-minded. Uh, but I was just stressing more of the fact of the motivations of other people when they tell us what they really think about us. The motivations of other people aren't always good, right? And so you don't want to hear from other people who don't have your best intention at heart if you knew that when people told you what they saw as your flaws, and again, could also be your uh, strengths, but when people tell you your flaws, if you knew that they were genuinely wanting to help you, it seems like that would make it easier to be open-minded. Yeah, I, I, I see what you're saying. I think that's true. I don't believe that I don't believe that anybody's going to be defensive. Maybe when someone gives them an, a compliment, I think they're going to be immediately open-minded to that. Unless, unless you say like, Oh, you're the best at something that's horrible. <laughs> you know, you're, you're the best, um, dog poop picker upper I've ever met. You know, even then somebody would be like, Oh, thanks. That, I, that's disgusting. But, uh, you're, you're wonderful to, to say that about me. And I don't think that any of us, can control the state that someone else is in. Of course, we know that to be true. Um, I can maybe help someone be in a good state, but I can't control what state they're in, nor can I control what their intentions are. And I think it, I think it's very challenging initially to be open-minded for all of the very apt reasons that you explained already, Mike, is that it's just difficult to, put yourself in that mind space and, and move through the defensiveness, which is tends to be, it tends to be a a natural human reaction to go into a defensive mode. And if you think about it and you break down just that, that, that thought, that word defensive, it implies that you're under attack and it engages, I think our fight and flight, fight or flight mechanism. And part of that ends up uh, resulting in this defensiveness for me to say, you're bad at public speaking. And for the other person to say, no, I'm not. Okay. <laughs> <You're>, <laughs> hold on. You're being defensive. Instead of doing that, what we really have to work towards, and this is what I've learned from using this in my daily life, has been to work past that. and and try to think about what's as bad as whatever it is the person said to me. And as much as I feel, Micah, that whatever the person said is untrue or is, uh, is, is an attack on me as an individual, if I can 
if I can put that aside temporarily and just say, okay, I, this is hard. I don't agree with this initially, but if I can like start to peel the onion and say, what's really true about what's being said, maybe I can find one of those gems that Dalio's always talking about. Maybe I can find a gem, even in a, even in an onion, even in this turd that someone has just now handed me, that is this unsolicited feedback. Maybe I can find a gem there that I can do something with. Right. Yeah. I think, you know, maybe the other, another reason why it might be difficult to be radically open-minded is just pride, right? Um, you don't want to be wrong. You know, you don't want to have flaws. And so to be radically open-minded says you're willing to hear that you might have flaws. But if you're especially proud, you very well, very well may want to just deny that you have any flaws. And so you know, there's this issue of character that comes in here as far as you know, what type of person do you need to be if you really can be radically open-minded. So maybe uh, humility and the ability to be humble is important to be open-minded. Is that your assertion that if you have a big ego and you're, you're the opposite of humble, you're very much into your ego, it's going to be hard. And I think it's going to be even harder if there are other people around. That's why one of the common things we hear in, in, in the world of giving feedback is to praise people in public and uh, to offer them constructive feedback in private just to help bring that ego barrier down. Mm -hmm. And, and uh, so I have some, some more things to say about that in, in, in the, in a la the latter half of our discussion when we get into transparency. Uh, but I, I also think that there's another axis to the open-mindedness, Mike, and it's not just about what someone has to say to me directly. I think that there's also things to be considered open-mindedness to be considered of just thoughts that are out there in the world and that aren't directly coming at me. So to just being, just to being open-minded to those things as well. And you can have, certainly you can have your own opinions and, and you should, you can have your own belief system and you should, you are going to operate in a certain way and you should, but the open-mindedness is just to uh, this thought that, Hey, there could be a better way. There could be a better thought out there. The thought that I'm, that I'm holding on to, it could be wrong or it could be like scientifically proven wrong. Um, Pick, pick something. Let's pick something that's in the, in our world today as we're recording this. There's a lot of, there's a lot of facts and science around uh, climate change. Micah, you may have heard of it. What is, what is climate change? It's been on a few of the news programs. <laughs> <laughs> Scientists yeah. talking about climate change and you, maybe you believe climate change. Maybe you don't. I don't, I don't care one way or another. That's up to you. Uh, but holding on to that belief in a, in a way that you're okay if someone comes along later and proves that your side of the debate is incorrect scientifically or factually you know, in a fact-based way comes along and proves that there's no reason to continue to staunchly hold on to a belief just because you said it and you, you, you stood there one day and said, I believe in this thing. 
if the thing becomes proven wrong, and maybe climate change is the wrong thing to pick in this case, because people may be very, uh, very tied to that one. Just are you, anything. Are you in wanting general. to get some nasty emails, John? Sure, <laughs> <laughs> that'd be fine. I, I welcome feedback. What other hot button topics can we address and try and anger people, John? No, I don't know. I'll stay away from that. I'm not trying to cause any problems for anyone or for myself. But just say, I heard a guy say recently that we should have strong beliefs, but that it's okay to have strong opinions, but that we should hold on to them loosely. And I think that that's. That's what I, I want people to focus on with this open-mindedness is to, yes, please have strong opinions and use those to execute your life, but be willing to, to hear other facts and consider that maybe sometimes those opinions, your strategies need to change. This is what flexibility and adaptability is all about, in a, certainly in the business place, uh, where strategies that you might be executing on today for your business might need to change. And, and, and today, with the age of the internet and how quickly business uh, strategies need to adapt and change. That's important because if you, you can't be holding on to like direct mail marketing to, to drive your business when everybody today is doing, you know, whatever the next thing is. So open-mindedness in that way. Yeah. So what you said made me think of a couple kind of practical scenarios uh, where this comes into play as far as being open-minded. So, you know, in the software industry, uh, there's a lot of developers and they have various software languages or technologies that they like to use. And some can get really emphatic and dogmatic about which language you should use or which technology you should use to the point where they won't even listen to you know, competing reasons as to why you might want to choose a different language or a different technology. And so being open-minded here is... You know, it's not that you can't have a strong opinion about, hey, I think this language or technology works really well, but it does mean if you're going to be open-minded, at least being willing to hear out why you might want to pick a different technology or language. Uh, the other one is, have you ever heard of Twitter, John? I uh, have heard of Twitter. <laughs> I'm uh, on Twitter. You know, one of the things they talk about uh, is these echo chambers where people when they're on Twitter who they choose to follow are people who already think like them. And I certainly don't do this perfectly by any means, but you know, hearing that I've tried to add or follow people who maybe I disagree with because at least that way I'm exposed to their ideas and you know, it might help me see, oh wait, maybe I didn't consider something you know when I came to hold a position that I did. I think that's very important, Micah, because that's an example of you being open-minded and wanting to be inclusive of other opinions to help you mold and impact your thinking. And that's really what I was talking about when I, when I was suggesting that we need to be more open-minded to other perspectives, other thoughts, is to don't, you know, don't close yourself off to those avenues uh, I think your example is a very good one because that echo chamber is really out there and it's, it's out there all over the place. And social media is just like the latest of these echo chambers that we have an opportunity to create. We can also create echo chambers in terms of the people that we associate ourselves with in person. Um, uh, a, 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 um, a public speaker or a, 
inspirational speaker that I heard talking or have read their books. I can't remember which it was says that you are, you are the, you are the sum of the five people that you are closest to. And I found that to be very interesting because that means if I, if I only associate myself with people that hold very, very similar opinions to myself, I will have that echo chamber. And I, I, so I think that's, that's true. And something for us to really consider in our lives is how, how open, how open are we making ourselves? How inclusive are we making ourselves to diversity of thought, diversity of opinion, diversity of individuals, all, all of those things so that you're hearing, you're opening yourself up to more channels of information and more diversity of information, more diversity of thought. So I think that's really important. Why don't we move on and talk a little bit about then transparency, Micah, what do you say? Yeah. Radical transparency. I think maybe for me, this is probably the harder thing. Um, being Why trans- is that? What, what, what do you, how would you, so how Give us a definition, your definition of what is meant by radical transparency. I guess the part of it, at least, that for me is difficult is the sharing of my thoughts about others Good. with others, um, right? Telling them, hey, I think, you know, this was something that was wrong or, yeah, you know, certainly, you know, I definitely know I have a kind of a people pleasing mentality. And um, so, you know, I don't want to say something that's going to be offending, offensive to them or upset them. Uh, I don't want to do something that might cause them to not like me as much. Right. Oh uh, no. <laughs> uh, people don't like me anyways. Right, John? <laughs> <laughs> not true. <laughs> um, so I, I do think that's probably the difficult part for me is yeah. Being transparent. Um, I, I think that, I think that's pretty true for a lot of people. I don't think it's something that comes naturally. Maybe it's something that's sort of beat out of us. That's a terrible word to say, beat out <laughs> of us, but maybe um, driven out of us as, as, as young people, because I don't, you know, we, we, we put a lot of emphasis on, hey, you know, that's not nice, or don't say that, you can't say that, you shouldn't say that. We say that to kids. Don't be a tattle. Yeah. Right. And kids really start off with, with and it, they are entirely transparent. For everyone that has ever been around a small child, or has small children, they will go up to someone who's overweight and say, Hey, you're fat. And they're not wrong, (laughs) you know, but we tell people, Hey, we tell the kids, Hey, that's not nice. Mm -hmm. Or, or, um, I remember when my kids were little and, uh, one of my kids came home from school one day and he said, I was playing with, I forget what the kid's name was. I was playing with Billy and Oh yeah. Who's Billy? I don't know. I don't know who Billy is. You know? And he goes, well, he's the brown kid that's in my class. And I was like, oh my God, I hope my kid is not saying that (laughs) to this person. But then I thought about it and I'm like, my son doesn't know anything about that. It's it, it, you, you certainly, it's certainly not polite. It's not something we would say in, 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 uh, as an adult, we wouldn't say that. Right. But my son doesn't know he does. He's, He's completely an open book. He's, he hasn't yet been, he hasn't yet brought on, taken on all of these things in life to know and to know what should be said, what shouldn't be said. And we go, I think we go way overboard in the education of our youth to shut that down 
And then we end up with people who we have to tell later on, you should be more transparent. It's like, you're kidding me, right? Because my whole life, people have driven this out of me to tell people the truth. Right. Yeah. Well, you know, I think maybe some of the difficulty is there are some people it's okay to be transparent with and some people who aren't, right? And there's different contexts. And yeah, so, you know, one thing's for me when I hear Ray talking about radical truth and radical transparency, it sometimes comes across like, right, if you say radical, then it almost sounds like there's no exceptions whatsoever. Now, we've talked about this a little bit before that he does have exceptions for transparency. Um, but, you know, I'm going to say in real world scenarios in, you know, not just maybe a work environment, but, you know, in everyday scenarios, it probably wouldn't be a good idea to be radically transparent with everybody. And of course, there's also a question, well, why are you being transparent? Um, you know, is the transparency to help the other person or is it just to point out a flaw to make them feel bad? Yeah. So that's, that's important. I, I mean, I, I don't think there's, I don't think there's anything to be gained necessarily by going up to somebody who's overweight, which I am by the way. So I'll be radically transparent with that and say to that person, Hey, you're fat because that's not helpful. That person knows that. Now, if what you wanted to say to that person was, I think I can help you. And here's some ways. Hopefully you have a relationship first, because I don't think you just want to go up to people <laughs> on the street with this sort of thing. But that's the radical part of it. It's like, hey, I, I, I think I could help you. Here's how. It might be hard for you to hear, but here's how I think I could help you. Yeah. and I, So I think, yeah, that's, again, for me, the, one of the questions I have for Ray is, how would he characterize this radical transparency you know, as a kind of a blanket universal principle? Again, I don't think he is. And so in part, you know, it's a question of when would he say to not be radically transparent? I would think it's something around this idea of success. You know, well, when it wouldn't help you be successful, don't be radically transparent. I could be wrong about that. Um, now, certainly in the work environment, he's going to say, you know, it's almost always be radically transparent. Um, but don't forget... We're in the section of the book that is life principles. So this is everything. This is life and work, not just work. So li the life principles are inclusive of business and personal. True. Um, so, John, are you radically transparent with your in-laws? No. Uh, and I think, you have, I think you have a good point in bringing, in bringing this up. Um, but I think it, I think my reason for saying no there is because what it's the question of will it be, will there be a constructive or a positive outcome? We operate the podcast on the value for value model. We are entirely listener supported. If you enjoy the podcast and find value in the information and entertainment you receive, you can donate to the podcast on Patreon. Go to patreon.com slash Dalio's principles and click support this podcast. There are even more ways to support the show. You can dazzle all of your friends with information learned on the show and share the show with them on social media. Also, you can review us on iTunes. It'd be awesome if you blog about it or even talked about our podcast on your very own podcast. And you can always direct your friends to our subreddit at reddit.com forward slash r forward slash Dalio's principles. And now back to the show. 
think one of the things that people disagree with Ray or you know object to principles when they hear something like radical transparency, I think a lot of them think that, oh, wow, in every scenario, right, you need to be telling people what you think of them. And they're going to say, that just doesn't work. But it does come back, I think, to, yeah, you need to be radically transparent when it's going to be constructive, when it's going to be helpful. And so then you might say, well, what's so radical about it now, right? I think a lot of people say, well, I'm already truthful when I think it's going to help. But I think maybe one thing you can pull from the radical transparency is just thinking about the ways in which you would benefit if everybody were to be radically transparent. You know, if there weren't people who are opposed to it that then make it difficult to be transparent with them because they're not willing to hear the truth, right? Um, we all have a family member or a friend who you know, we've wanted to help, but we know that if we were to say something, they'd be offended by it and get upset. And so we've decided to not be transparent because we know it'd hurt the relationship. But I think, so you might say, well, let's just dismiss radical transparency because it's not a universal. But I think there's, at the very least, still something to pull from it in that you can start to think about, well, how different could the world be? How different could you know, my interactions with others be? And what steps can I take towards moving myself and others towards scenarios where we're more transparent? Um, right. So there's certainly a kind of some small example, but you know, think about when you go and decide to go out to eat with some friends. A lot of times I'm hesitant to even make a suggestion about where we should go to eat because why is that? Well, because I'm worried that if I make a suggestion, they might feel restricted to taking what I offer or, you know, taking my suggestion like, Oh, well, I don't want to upset Micah and not pick what he said, you know? Um, so because I don't know how they're going to respond, I'm not always transparent, but what if you knew that your friends were willing to push back and say, well, Micah, I know you said this, but you know, here's why I don't like that restaurant. If I know that they can be transparent with me about what they're really wanting, then that helps me be more transparent with them. And so one of the questions is how can we help ourselves be more radically transparent? Um, partly that's one of the reasons I like the whole, you know, you make three suggestions and then they pick one. And of course I always, you know, you say, well, we can go to restaurant A, B or C. And then they pick, all right, we'll go to B. Cause I feel like I've given them options. And of course I always say, you know, feel free to just reject all of them if you want to. Um, but I think that works easier, right? You're yeah. being a little transparent with them. Um, I think that's a good example. And I want to, I want to, cover, cover a couple of things in what you said. The question that you posed to me about being radically transparent with my in-laws. Um, I think that there's that we have to pay attention to what people are really, what other people are ready for. Um, not everyone is ready for real radical transparency. So unless you already know that the culture, whatever that culture is, that you're operating in is ready for radical transparency. You need to maybe adjust yourself. And this is hard because we want to, in a lot of cases, we just want to be the one me and not have to be a different me here and a different me in this circumstance and a different me in this other circumstance. But I have learned 
through using radical transparency that everybody ain't ready for it. <laughs> and people will say, you'll, uh, so I have asked in, in a lot of cases taken to asking people, what level of transparency do they really, are they really ready for? Especially in business circumstances, in personal circumstances, I think I can just, uh, I can intuit how much my friends or family are really ready for my transparency. But in business situations, especially new business situations where I don't know people very well, I always ask, how much, how much feedback do you want? How much transparency do you really want? Now, the interesting thing is oftentimes people will say, I want 100%, I want 100% transparency. Well, okay. I don't know that people always understand what they're, what they're opening themselves up to when they say that. Not everybody is ready for 100% transparency. They say they are, but then when you give it to them, they're like, whoa, wait a second. You're, <laughs> telling, me my, you're telling me my baby's ugly? I'm not <laughs> ready for that. So I think you have to really consider consider the venue, consider the culture, the people that are around and, and, and make it a, make it a point to observe, to really become an observer of how other people operate in, in this new culture to help guide you and, and help you adapt your level of transparency. Best case scenario. And I think you, you pointed this out, Mike, is that you want to, you'd like to help everyone be radically transparent or, or increase at, at least increase their transparency. And so anything you can do uh, to help people increase the level of trust that they have in order to have the transparency is, is a bonus and is a great thing to try and do. Yeah. Yeah. I wondered too, you know, if you ask someone, right, are you willing to do for me to be transparent with you? Right. It seems kind of hard. You kind of put them in a hard spot, I think. Right. Because what are they going to say? Well, you know what? I'd like to have about 80% transparency. That's what I really like. So it might make it tough for them to say anything other than 100% transparency. But you know, if there is someone who's willing to admit it, right? there are some people who say, no, I, I'm not ready to handle a you know, certain amount of information. At least you know that from the get-go. Um, and then the people who lie to you, you got to figure that out after you've told them the truth. <laughs> you make an you make an excellent point, and I wonder if maybe that'll cause me to have to adapt adapt my technique. So I'm open minded, Micah, to my approach on assessing radical transparency, and, and maybe it maybe it does need to be more observation uh, than interview, mm-hmm. because I maybe I won't get I, I won't get a real response from people other than yes or no. I mean, you know, what would it mean to say eighty percent mm-hmm. really? How right. would how would I how would I adjust my my knobs and dials of transparency to get to eighty percent even? So I right. don't know. That's that's a great point. May even be like categories of. Is there anything you don't want to hear? Yeah, yeah, Mike. Are you, do you think that there are ways that being radically transparent can help? I think you were starting to get into this. That there are ways that radical transparency can improve people's chances of quote unquote success, whatever that might be in whatever venue that might be in. Certainly. I think, you know, one of the positives of radical transparency is that one, you can find out your flaws, you know? Um, and so if, you know, if you think you're good at something, if people let you know that, Hey, you actually aren't doing all that well at such and such, um, 
then you can do something to fix it. When I hear about radical transparency, sometimes, especially when you know, Ray's talking about it in the context of Bridgewater, it seems over the top, right? Like, why would you always be telling people what you think? Um, but then I was watching a baseball game, uh, Royals fan, and the previous night, one of the outfielders, the center fielder, and another outfielder, they were both going for a ball and then they ended up missing it because there wasn't good communication between them. And the announcers talked about how it was a new center fielder and the coaches had a talk with him, showed him video from you know other outfielders in similar situations and how they handled it so that then they could be successful. And so I was like, you know, there was nothing odd about that, right? Here, coaches were being radically transparent with the player of saying, you know, here's the mistake you made. Here are some things you can do to improve. And that didn't seem odd or unusual or, you know, over the top. Um, but I do think it's probably important that, right, the coach in this case, we presume has the best, the, in, the uh, interest of the player at heart, right? They're really trying to improve the player. And again, you know, sometimes we run into people exposing our flaws just to be mean. Um, but by being, by being transparent with the center fielder, the center fielder presumably is now going to have a better chance of catching that ball the next time he's in a similar scenario. So another benefit is with transparency, you also identify your strengths. You know, I think a lot of times, especially you know, like I've talked about, I'm kind of having imposter syndrome and I think, oh, I don't do things very well. And so one of the benefits is with transparency, Hopefully, people are also giving you positive feedback saying, oh, you know, you did really well doing that thing. And, you know, and so then you realize, oh, you know, I actually am good at some things. Um, and so then that's going to give you some areas where maybe you now know you could focus on that, you know, hey, I do this really well. This is something I can provide a lot of value through um, to my company or in, you know, life, you know, at home. You know, it's something that I have skills in and I can help out. Um, and so that kind of helps you better understand what types of maybe things you should engage in and what types of things you shouldn't. I think that's uh, some helpful advice. I think that you point out situations and circumstances in the example of the baseball team and the center fielder and the coach. There are relationships in life where you, you, you're set up very well uh, and there's a clear channel of transparency. And those are the, those are the easy ones. And I hope people are taking advantage of those. So when you have a, when you have a trusted relationship with a friend or a trusted relationship with a manager or you're the manager and you have an employee, you know, there are, there are channels that are already sort of paved that are, um, that are well, should be well oiled, well paved for this sort of thing to happen. So it's very important to at least be taking advantage in using those, those, uh, avenues of transparency well, because, those are the that's low hanging fruit. So you you've got to take advantage of those in a situation like the baseball team. I mean that's literally the the whole in, the whole reason for the position of coach. And the more times we can make it make it apparent, readily apparent to others that this is part of the relationship, transparency, feedback, open mindedness. You know, the more we point that out in relationships, the more we, the more we affirm what we want in a relationship, 
the easier it is for us to conduct ourselves in those ways. Like you mentioned early on about transparency, it's not natural. It's hard uh, because the door isn't always open. It's not even maybe cracked a little bit so we can have a, have some light shine through and, and an opportunity. So the more you can do to positively affirm in certain examples and certain situations that you want the transparency, I think that's helpful. And that's part of being open-minded as well in a relationship to say, I really value your friendship, Micah, and want you to give me transparency. Tell me when you think I'm doing things, whatever, right? I would love to hear your thoughts. I would love to hear your ideas. Uh, I think it's in any, any time you have this in a, in a business culture or even in a, in, in a friendship culture, you know, maybe, maybe you play athletics with a group of friends and you tell your friends, Hey, let me know if you think I'm not playing third base very well, or let me know if you think, um, my, my tennis serve could be better or whatever it is. Right. So that people are, see that that door is open. You're encouraging then transparency. Yeah. I, you know, I think one of the things I've found, um, is I've tried to be, tried to increase, you know, transparency between me and, you know, especially like my coworkers, um, you know, especially the people who work on the same, uh, team as I do. Um, I think one of the ways I've tried to increase transparency is start off by admitting some of where I already see my flaws of, Hey, you know, this is something I think I could work better at. This is another thing that, you know, maybe I'm not so good at. And I think by admitting it at the outset, one, they see that I'm comfortable with admitting some flaws that I have. And maybe there's some bigger flaws that, you know, maybe I'm uncomfortable saying right away. But if I can just start off with a few and say, hey, here's some things that I'm trying to work on. Let me know, you know, if you see me doing these things or not doing these things like I should. That tells them, yeah, this person is comfortable receiving feedback, at least to some degree. Um, And then I think, you know, they might be willing to do the same as well. Um, I actually ran into a scenario probably about a, actually, I think a month ago where uh, had a meeting with my team and one of the team members seemed to have a different agenda going into the meeting than I was thinking that we were going to have. And so after the meeting, I decided, you know what, I'll go ahead and mention it to him. And I wasn't like upset or anything like that, but it just seemed like, you know, it wasn't productive for the team. And so I thought, well, I'll go ahead and mention it. And so I mentioned it and um, just said, hey, you know, we had this meeting and it seemed like maybe you had a different agenda going in than I thought the meeting was really supposed to be about. And then he mentioned, well, you know, in the invite, uh, you know, the Outlook event, uh, he had actually put in the notes for the meeting. And so one thing I realized was I didn't read the notes for the meeting. And so one of the benefits of this was we both were then on the same page afterwards. I was no longer thinking that, you know, he had screwed up. Um, and I realized, you know, it was a flaw on my part. So um, that was a way in which being transparent actually helped the team. Um, and we, I wouldn't have had that realization if I hadn't been comfortable enough or willing to even mention the topic to him. Do you think after that, after that particular encounter and interaction with your coworker, 
do you think you'll have more or less transparency and open-mindedness with that person? I would think so. I think I would think more. Yeah. Well, why do you, why would you think more? So one, I think because in the quote unquote confrontation, right, just in the discussion, right, I think a lot of times there's a hesitancy about what's this person going to be like? How are they going to react, right, when I mention something negative? And one, you know, he didn't get defensive, you know, um, and likewise, when he explained, you know, what happened, I didn't get defensive either. And so now we both see, hey, we're both safe people to disagree with or safe people to have disagreements with. And so then in the future, we're going to be more likely to be willing to share, right? But if you think someone's going to snap at you, you're probably going to try and avoid, you know, raising negative issues with them. I'm so glad you said that because that was what I was driving towards. I think the first time is the hardest. And that is because you don't know what the other person's reaction is going to be like, unless you know them really, really, really well. So once you get over the hump of that very first time, every subsequent time becomes easier and, and your, your open, your ability to be open-minded to things, your ability to be transparent to things increases. And I think the other person's increases as well. Michael, why don't we share our points to ponder with our listeners? Alrighty. I've got a couple questions here. So first, what are some areas of your life and or work that you wish people would be transparent with you about? Are there, are there areas that you wish for more transparency in? Uh, probably just, you know, again, I've talked about my imposter syndrome, right? So be more transparent about how well they really think I'm doing, you know? Um, cause sometimes you're worried that people think you're not doing a very good job, but they just don't want to say it to you. Sure. Um, so that's one area, but actually I think my team has done a pretty good job with that. Um, second question, second point to ponder, what are some instances where you have not been transparent with others when it would have been good to be transparent? And why was that? I think that's a, that's a really beneficial one because you can help yourself, um, help yourself look for a gem there. I think I'm probably going to significantly overuse this concept of gem, but I think it's important because you're, you're finding, you're searching for, um, a, a deeply, maybe it's a deeply held reason there that's causing that. And if you can uncover that and it becomes this gem for you, you can, uh, you can do something with that. So that's a really great one. So I have a couple too, and um, mine are, are not just maybe to ponder, but even um, things to try to do. And, and the first one is about uh, being open-minded when, uh, when you're presented with information. And we talked, we talked a lot about being defensive and defensiveness. So I even said when we were talking about that, so I'm just really sort of reiterating what my, my point to ponder here is. The point to ponder really is just to try to focus on what is true, forgetting about why it makes you mad, forgetting about uh, what, what makes you defensive about it, and, and try to focus on what's true about the statement. And if you, if you always approach it from, if you start, if you, if you sort of train yourself to always approach it from the perspective of being, of being um, inquisitive about what is being said and w- and what's true, then you're going to be good. And then the la- my last one is to try to focus on gratitude. 
that means, uh, I, I think what that means is to try to do two things. Try, anytime somebody is giving you a piece of information, start off with, hey, thanks. Thank you for, for take, taking the time to give me this. And I think it does two things. It helps you focus on gratitude. And then secondly, it gives your, that lizard brain, that fight or flight brain, time to sort of settle down and get to the point where you can be um, rational. So focus on gratitude and say thank you. That's it for this episode. We'll be back with uh, Mid-Level Principle 1.4 in the next episode. Thanks for listening. Let's keep the conversation going on our subreddit, Dalio's Principles at reddit.com. The subreddit is Dalio's Principles, all one word. Join us to interact with a community of like-minded individuals.